G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking about both buy low players and sell high players. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are going to be combining both the buy low and sell high shows together, uh, just so we can get through it all this week. I'm going to go through them. Uh, we've got five buy lows and then five sell highs. So again, players that I think that will be outperforming or that, uh, sorry, have been underperforming with the buy lows that you can get maybe for a bit cheaper than I think they're going to produce for the rest of the season. And then for the sell highs, players who I think are outperforming their rest of season value and you might be able to cash in while the iron is hot. And uh, we'll also talk about a few kind of the ranges in which I think each of these players uh, are going to produce from here on out and what you might sh- what you should offer uh, in terms of going out and, and doing your trades and going from there. So let's get stuck into it. We won't muck around today, starting with the buy low players. The two players I've got at the start here are kind of similar in a way. The first player that I think here is a buy low candidate is Kyrie Irving. Now, Kyrie Irving is obviously two games back from his suspension. Um, there's a lot of negativity around Kyrie from uh, obviously his outspoken behavior and, and all those kind of things. And uh, I'm not going to talk about that on the, on the podcast, but in terms of fantasy basketball, there's a lot of panic, or there was a lot of panic. There probably still is a lot of panic around Kyrie Irving. Now, I've said this before, and we knew when we were drafting Kyrie that he was a risky kind of a player. So when you're making a trade for him, you always need to take into account the fact that this is a risky kind of a trade. However, the upside, I think, is very, very high with Kyrie. He's come back, played two games. Both games haven't been completely awe-inspiring just yet. Today was a little better with 23 points, but two rebounds, two assists. He had a steal and two blocks and excellent percentages. So, um, decent enough game for Kyrie, but the first game, 14 points, five assists. Like, nothing really eye-popping. And then just coming off that that bad vibe news and all the, the suspension, everything like that... Um, People who have Kyrie might be trying to get rid of the headache and get rid of him, and you might be able to get him for a cheaper kind of a player. So if I'm able to get Kyrie Irving for like a top 40, top 50 kind of a player, I think I would absolutely do so, understanding that it is going to be a risk, and if I have other risky players already on my side, that maybe I don't. But if you are a team that's doing pretty well and you can afford to maybe you know take a little bit of a gamble if something doesn't quite work out, then it's not the biggest thing in the world, um, or if you're a, a team down the bottom and you need to make a Hail Mary play and you need to switch something up, um, take on a bit of risk, I probably think that's more more likely the scenario that I would be trying to do this if I was kind of sitting around the bottom. Go for a Hail Mary play. I prefer to go for Kyrie Irving as like the ultimate upside slash risk play. 
compared to the second player, but I think that Kyrie might be a little bit more expensive on the trade market. However, uh, just gauge your your Kyrie Irving uh, manager and see what they're feeling like in terms of their risk tolerance, and uh, and you might be able to get yourself a good bargain. The next player here for the buy low is very similar in that kind of a respect is uh, Kawhi Leonard. Now, Kawhi is someone who is, um, people are panicking. He rolled his ankle, I think, today and, and didn't, didn't, um, he's not going to be playing, I think, tomorrow. People are just fed up with this guy and his injury history. And I've seen other analysts out there recommending that you should be looking to trade Kyrie Irving, get rid of him, get him off your team. And whilst, like, that could be the right play, I also think that, like, you can get Ka- Kawhi Leonard really cheap right now. And um, look, he's been bad. He obviously has been on this season. He's the uh, 228th ranked player. He is missing every second game, can't stay healthy. There's a lot of risk associated with him. So if you could obviously trade for the, the two guys, I'd rather Kyrie Irving. I think he's a safer player and have, has higher upside. It's less of a headache in terms of missing games every now and again. But I think Kawhi was, is much cheaper. Lots of people are, are just absolutely panicking on Kawhi. I would be sending someone you know, around the 80 to 100 zone and seeing if I can just entice the, the Kawhi Leonard uh, manager just to get rid of that headache from your team. Again, if you... This one is probably more suited to a team that's doing really well and can afford to be patient while, while Kai, so Kawhi is getting his shit sorted. If I'm in a, a, a lower standing situation, then Kawhi is going to take a little while before it's going to end up being worthwhile. So in that situation especially, I'm going for a Kyrie over a Kawhi. But if I'm already doing pretty good, I've got a pretty healthy team at the moment. I can afford to take on a little bit of risk just to solidify and strengthen myself um, and, and really build for the playoffs in March, in April, if, whenever they are in your team, um, uh, then I think Kawhi is someone you can get really cheap and the payoff could be, emphasis on could be, really, really high. So I think that Kawhi is someone that you can get really, really cheap at the moment and uh, the payoff could be big. But again, just understand that it is definitely a risk at this stage. All right, the next player here that we're buying low on, Terry Rozier. He is, um, he's been very disappointing so far this season. And uh, I must say that I, I am, I've lowered my expectations for him. I had him as a just inside the top 40 on my rankings this season. Um, and he's been so far the 155th ranked player on the season. He still is averaging 20 points, nearly three threes, five rebounds, five assists. Uh, the steals are down from 1.3 last season to 0.6. So that's a big drop in his value. And the field goal percentage. The field goal percentage is currently shooting 36.8%. Now, He's been a bad field goal guy in the past, but he's never been this bad. So instead of the 45% down to 37, even if that comes up to 42, 43%, that's a big boost to his points. It's a big boost to his threes, and obviously his field goal percentage won't be a huge drain. And everything else is kind of expecting, uh, basically what we expect for Terry Rozier. Um, so I think that, again, if you're worried about the ranking numbers, um, people are worried about him hurting their field goal percentage. He's not normally that bad of a field goal percentage guy. Uh, it might be coming down from last season. However, 
I still think that this guy is going to be someone that we can pretty safely lock in as a top 60 player rest of season. Um, so I'd be happy to throw in sort of like that 60 to 70 range kind of a guy for a Terry Rozier and see if I can get the deal done. If I need someone to help me with my assists, threes, points, uh, free throw percentage. He's not going to turn the ball over a ton as well, which is something really nice about Terry Rozier. He is turning it over more this season, 2.5 versus 1.3. Uh, but I think that that will also drop down as well. So I think that Terry Rozier, again, someone who on the entire season has been underperforming and I think that eventually he will get it going. Uh, He's had a couple of good games here and there as well but just mixed in with a lot of duds. So uh, last game, eight points on 21% shooting. You can maybe strike again while the iron is hot. The the Hornets don't play a lot this week as well so if if the team that has Rosier needs a win... They're not getting much help from Terry Rozier this week at all. So uh, maybe shoot your shot there. And I think that he can come good as a top 50, 60 player. The next player that I think is a buy low candidate, um, although maybe reevaluate what we thought of Keldon Johnson. Oh, I spoiled it there. Keldon Johnson is the uh, the buy low candidate. He is the 111th ranked player on the season. He's the 254th player the last two weeks and 367th the last week. So the last two weeks, he's putting up uh, 17 points per game, 2.73s, which is okay, but 3.5 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 0.8 steals, no blocks, shooting 34 points. 0.4% from the field and 75 from the line. He's just been very average across the board, or very below average, I should say, across the board. The scoring hasn't been there in the level that we thought it would be, but he is someone that could very... He's very comfortably, to me, a top 80 to 90 guy. Um, I don't think he's going to be outside the top 100 for the rest of the season, so if I can get him for someone around that 100 mark, uh, I think I would do so. The worry I always have with Kelvin Johnson compared to someone like a Devin Vassell, who I liked a bit better, is the fact that he doesn't contribute much in those steals and blocks. His assists, we haven't seen them tick up a whole lot this season. I mean, 3.3 on the season is an improvement on the 2.1 last year, but it's not enough to boost up the value from his poor percentages and lack of steals and blocks. Um... Yeah, he's just he's just someone that, that if you need the scoring, he's still going to provide it to you. There's no one else really on that team that's going to take it away from him. You're going to have to live and die with the, the percentages and, and the lack of defensive stats, but I still think that he is someone that can definitely be valuable for your team. Uh, last couple of games, 12 points, 11 points, one three in each of those games, uh, one assist in each of those games. Just really dud numbers these last couple of games. So I think that he is um, he is definitely a buy low candidate and someone who I see as a, a top eighty guy. Really moving forward from here, and then our last player here who is a buy low candidate. It to me is Alperen Shengun. Um, Couple of poor performances the last sort of four or five games. Last game, only four points on 23 minutes, 28 minutes, 26 minutes, 29 and a half minutes, 19 minutes, all in the last uh, five games. There's been a couple of games affected by foul trouble in these last couple of games, hence his minutes were down. The 19-minute game, he fouled out in that time. He had five fouls in the game after that. The most recent one, he was in foul trouble, but also just played poorly. Um, had a tough matchup against Golden State Warriors, who often are pretty, uh, weirdly so, tough for centers to go up against. So for me, 
And also combining that with the fact that a lot of people are concerned a little bit about Bruno Fernando returning. Obviously, we had that debacle at the start of the season where Fernando was starting over Shangun, and uh, there was a bit of panic around him there. Uh, and just generally, the Houston Rockets are a bit of a bit of a mess. But I think that the Shangun that we saw earlier this season, when he was a top fifty player, is still there. Um, we've seen some really good things from him. It's just been the minutes and inconsistency with fouls the last couple of games that have dropped him back. He's the eighty. 80- second player on the season. Um, he's the 148th ranked player the last two weeks. I think that I I still see him very similar to what I kind of viewed him in the start of the season, which is the top 60 player, uh, top 65-ish guy. So if I can get him for someone around where he's ranked on the season, 80 to 90, maybe you don't even need to go that high. You can you can throw someone out there. Uh, you know, maybe it's someone like a... Um, a Nicholas Claxton or something like that, depending on if you're looking after your free throw percentage. Um, you know, some of those guys in that kind of a zone, he's going to give you still some decent assists. The percentages uh, have been very encouraging this season. I didn't expect him to be shooting 54% from the field, and I still think there's a more upside for assists and steals to come up. Uh, they were higher than they were last. Uh, they were higher last season on a, on a per 36 rate than he has been producing this year. So I think for me, he's still someone... Um, he's, he's going to be better than he has been the last couple of weeks, especially. So with all the panic with Bruno Fernando coming back and his poor performances recently, you might be able to get an Alperen Shangun on the cheap. And uh, I don't really think that anything's changed in terms of how I view him from the start of the season. Uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs and weird decisions by the Rockets along the way. But I think all in all, uh, all that's been said and done, if you're on the season guide at ballboysmbo.com, basically what I think about Aparan Shungun still stands uh, for where he is at the moment. So those are our buy low there, uh, guys there. Obviously, there are maybe some other guys you might be getting on the cheap. Let us know down in the comments if you've got someone else who you think might be a buy low and you want to know what kind of trade to send out. I'll do my best to answer as many questions as I can in the comments on YouTube. So hit us up down there. Let's go on to the sell highs. Now, again, it is always harder to sell high versus a buy low because, you know, when you're trying to trade, when you're offering a good player, people are always a bit sus on that. So sometimes the best way to do this is packaging it or, or, you know, maybe the player doesn't completely fit your build and you want to fit someone in a bit better in your punt strategy. So, But nevertheless, I would expect that a lot of these guys' performances to drop off than what they have been recently. So the first guy here is Devin Booker. Um, Now, obviously, he is benefiting a lot with uh, Chris Paul out at the moment. He has had a 49-point game in there the last three games or three games ago. He's getting more assists the last uh, couple of weeks than he has been on the season. On the last two weeks of the season, he's the sixth-ranked player um, and is someone who's averaging 28 points, three threes, 5.6 rebounds, nearly seven assists, a steal, all on his elite uh, efficiency as well. So, I just expect that those assists to come down, the threes and points to come down a little bit as well. He also uh, typically, it's not showing up these last couple of weeks, but typically he improves his free throw attempt rate as well as a point guard. And I just think that he'll go from being the sixth ranked player to being someone who's like the 26th ranked player when Chris Paul is there. So um, if I can get someone who's a top 15 kind of a level guy, top 12, I'd be happy to do it if I can, you know, Devin Booker is one of those guys that he's a bucket getter, he's a player that gets points, so people are gravitated a lot to that, so if I can get what I would consider a top 12, a first round player, 
I would definitely be looking to do so. Again, you don't necessarily have to go out and trade Devin Booker for the sake of it because he has a chance to just keep doing top 20 things and and he was a guy that I was selecting in the top 20. So definitely aim very, very high and aim for that first round top 10 kind of value. Um, But if you can't get that, just sit back and enjoy the ride. Uh, We we would have thought Chris Paul would be back by now. He's obviously still sitting out with that heel issue, but I don't think he'll be out too much longer. So uh, if you can cash in now, I would definitely do so. All right, the next guy here, as I take a little quick sip from the uh, the old Celtics mug here. The next guy here that we're going to have a look at, um, I have held off putting this guy into the sell high shows all season because I thought it was way too low hanging a fruit, Um, but he's still doing it. So I think now might be the time that you could actually execute a really good sell high here. Brooke Lopez. Uh, well, let's just straight off the bat say what a surprise so far. On the season, that's through 16 games, he is the 17th ranked player per game. He's the 15th ranked player totals, uh, so nearly first round value in totals, um, averaging 16 points, 2.4 threes, 5.9 rebounds. Uh, an assist, nearly a steal, 2.8 blocks, nearly 50% from the field, 81% from the line, only turning it over 1.4 times. Just just incredible numbers. He is someone that I think maybe we were undervaluing. We we didn't see him much last year because of his, I think it was his back from memory, uh, missed most of the season, came back, played well in the playoffs, but... To be a top 20 guy so far in the season, uh, when you're 30, nearly 35 years old, uh, in his previous seasons, he's been the 109th, 83rd, 46th ranked player. Look, he could easily be a top 60, top 50 player. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't put that out of the question. I, I think he's genuinely going to be a massive steal in drafts, and he looks like he's playing really, really well. The minutes are very encouraging, 31 and a half minutes so far this season. There's a little bit of me that's concerned that when Chris Middleton comes back, everyone's minutes just come back a little bit. You know, Bobby Portis plays a little bit less, or, or, or maybe it's Brooke Lopez and they play a bit smaller. Um, so that wouldn't shock me if he goes from 31 to maybe 28, 29 minutes per game um, when Middleton is back and they're a bit healthier. Or it could keep up at this level. I mean, I'm not 100% sure. But I think we've got enough of a sample size. We've got enough games now that you could potentially execute a Brook Lopez sell high. And if you can get a top 40 player, I would do so. Anything outside of that, though, I think you just ride with Brook Lopez. Like he's, he's just doing really, really well. And um, look, maybe he doesn't block 2.8 shots, but he should give you... He's, he's looking really good. I, I, I could see him blocking two shots a game this season. Maybe instead of 16 points, it's more like 14 um, I think the rebounds can stick where they are, depending on the minutes. The threes, yeah, maybe a tick below three per, uh, two per game. So I, I do expect him to drop away. Although in saying that, in the last two weeks, he's still the 13th ranked player. Last week, he's top five uh, in three games. Obviously, small sample size. But uh, yeah, if I would be aiming for top 40. If, if I'm confident a player would be top 40, then I would be selling Brook Lopez off. Uh, but otherwise, enjoy the ride. He's been one of the picks of the season that no one... Uh, I challenge you to find me someone who was saying to pick Brook Lopez inside the top 100. Uh, look, I, I ended up with him in my locked-on fantasy basketball bowl team. I think I got him at 115, um, just as like a center who can give me some good percentages and threes and uh, and maybe salvage some blocks. And wow, it's, it's worked out really well. He's kind of saving uh, an injury-riddled season for me so far with that team. Um, but... 
yeah, if you can execute a sell high and, and get a top 40 player, I would do it. All right, the next guy here, another sell high, Kelly Oubre. Now, I think Kelly Oubre Jr., I don't know if he's a very good player, but so far in the season, he's benefited a lot from a lot of injuries for the Charlotte Hornets. He's the 67th ranked player on the season. The last two weeks, he's a top 30 player. Um, last two weeks, 22 points, 2.43, 3 rebounds, 2.1 steals, uh, 44% from the free th- from the field and 80% from the free throw line. Both of those percentages should drop. He's a very poor percentage guy. The steals are interesting. He has had seasons in the past where he's averaged like one and a half, 1.6 steals per game. But the last few seasons, he's been at 1, 1.1, 1.3. So the steals at 1.6 on the season, 2.1 in the last two weeks, I think is something that can drop. But maybe, I don't know, it's like... It's a really weird one. We know steals can fluctuate a lot. He has done uh, really good numbers in the steals in the past. So there's a chance it sticks at one and a half per game, but 2.1, that's obviously going to drop off. Um, I think that there's real danger for his minutes to fall away. Obviously, he's been starting with Lamelo and Terry Rozier out for, for periods. Uh, Gordon Hayward has missed time. Look, they're just not being healthy, so maybe there's, he's just going to be sticking there the whole time. But I think that um, if that's the case, the team is going to head very much down the tanking route. And, and I don't think someone like uh, a Kelly, a Kelly Oubre is someone they're going to prioritize. And I think they're going to get a bit more of those younger guys out there. So he's 31... minutes on the season, I think, is in danger of dropping away. He was only averaging 26 minutes in 76 games last season, so I think that's more where they want him to be. He's not going to be averaging nearly 20 points a game, I don't think. The the threes are going to drop away, Uh, and I just think it's all going to drop, and he is a real risk at some point of being someone you drop from your fantasy team. So if you can get someone who's a pretty steady top 100, top 90 player, I would would do that pretty quickly and, um, and just... Fingers crossed. Well, not fingers crossed that he sucks from then on out, but at least you can rid yourself of the, the concern that he actually might turn into a bench player and, and uh, yeah, really stink away your, your percentages and, and the steals kind of evaporate, the points dry up as well. So there's a lot of downside, I think, with Kelly Oubre, and I don't think there's much more upside from this point. So I'd be very happy to just sort of cash in his current value or, or maybe even slightly below at, at top. 90 top 100 level and just sort of uh, move on to the next thing. So he's been a good pickup, not someone who I was really keen on in the preseason. I think I had him sort of at the back end of the draft, but didn't have him anywhere. But he's been a pleasant surprise and is taking advantage of a lot of injury opportunity. Back over to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that Bobby Portis is a sell high. I think that of all the people that I think will be uh, impacted by Chris Middleton. Uh, and his return, I think Bobby Portis may be the biggest one. He is someone who is currently the 78th ranked player. He's top 70, 67th over the last two weeks. Nothing uh, incredibly out of the ordinary. I mean, 9.7 rebounds is a little higher than we would expect for him. The minutes, obviously, are the big thing that are up very high, 29.3 minutes per game. Um, last season, when Brook Lopez wasn't in the team, when he was injured the whole season, uh, he only played 28 minutes. So with Brook Lopez healthy, when Chris Middleton comes back, I expect they won't need his offense quite as much. I think they'll play a little bit smaller, is my, uh, is my thought process. Brook Lopez is playing exceptionally well as a defensive presence, so I think they want to keep him out there a bit longer. I've got more confidence in his minutes staying higher than I do with Bobby Portis's minutes. So I think that he is in a 
in line that when eventually Chris Middleton does come back, which has been longer than I thought it would have been, I think that his minutes will fall away from the uh, 29 minutes he's been doing the last couple of weeks. And I think as a result, all of his sort of stats will just fall away a tick. Um, He's shooting 91% from the free throw line the last two weeks, 80% of the season. He's never really shot over 76%. So that's helping his numbers as well. Um, uh, yeah, and I just think that, yeah, on the season, 10.6 rebounds, it's going to drop away. The assists, uh, 2.2. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that's double what he's kind of done in the past. He, he's never really been any assists at all. Um, so I think that there's just a few things. If you can get, again, a safe top 90, uh, top 85 kind of player is where I'd be aiming for. I think that you can find yourself just breathing a little bit easier um, and not having to worry about whether or not Bobby Portis's minutes and role uh, shrinks. I would be looking for someone that's a bit more solid in their, in their role. And then the last player here that I think is a sell high, and I don't know how high you can sell him, but it's a good time to sell him, Clay Thompson. Now, he is someone that I think I regret, personally, I drafted him in the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Um, did not like it at the time. Hated even a bit more now. Although, he has just recently put up some good games. Last three games, 19 points, three threes, two assists. 20 points, four threes, two assists. And the obviously the big one, the 41-point game, 10 threes, shot 61% from the field. Um, there is your sell-high moment. Now, he did miss, obviously, the next game after that. Uh, so people are still very much aware of the fact that he is missing games. But if you're looking for a time to sell Clay Thompson, now is it. I don't know if you're going to get a much better opportunity to get rid of him off your team. If you are obviously not getting the best offers and you're happy just to roll him out there and know the fact that he is going to miss every second night or first night of a back-to-back, then fine, that's, that's okay. But I think... The name recognition, the 41.103 game, he's probably going to be playing uh, tonight by the time this video comes out or or whenever it is you're watching. Um, So hopefully he has a decent game there. And um, yeah, I think that he's just someone that you could still get some decent value depending on your league. I would personally be taking any top 90 if it's a top 100 player that really suits what you're looking for, you don't necessarily need the threes, which uh, again can be found on waiver wise pretty easily. I think I'd be taking it and just getting rid of the headache of his him resting back to back. So top 100 sort of guy is what I'm looking for. Again, it's hard to know. I think his value might be very different in a lot of different leagues and different people might view him um, wildly opposite ends of the spectrum. So um, for, for your league, see what you can get for Clay, and you might be able to use this moment and the last couple of games as a time to sell him if he's been frustrating you and you've been sick of the rest of, uh, restings on the back-to-backs. Um, I think now is as good a time as any to try and make that trade. That will do it for us today, guys. A slightly shorter one than the last couple of podcasts. So again, for the sell highs, if you have anyone else that you think is a sell high, if you're wondering if they're going to be a sell high, if they can just keep doing what they're going to be doing, there's a few that I looked at, thought initially were sell highs, but I reckon they probably can keep going. Um, Jalen Brunson is a, is a, is a name to, that springs to mind. I was like, damn, he's a top 30 player uh, looking at his stats. 
it looks pretty um pretty sustainable. Maybe the steals and points fall back a tiny bit, but I just keep enjoying the ride. But let me know down in the comments if you have someone that you think might be a sell high, and I will let you know my thoughts as well if I can get to as many comments as I can. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating on the Apple Podcast if you can, guys. Really appreciate it. Video a big thumbs up, and I'll see you next time. Bye.